the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a privilege. Today is Wednesday, November the 11th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today is Veterans Day. It's Veterans Day because on November the 11th, 1918, fighting in World War I ended as the Allies and the Germans signed an armistice. They signed it on the 11th day of the 11th month at 11 a.m. in the morning. My dad always used to call today Armistice Day. When I was a kid, I thought, man, Dad, this is not Armistice Day. It's Veterans Day. I never figured out as a kid why he called it that all the time. And when I mentioned it to him, he said, oh, yeah, well, we used to call it that. Well, he was right. They did used to call it that. But Armistice Day has now become Veterans Day, where all of our veterans, living and dead, are honored and remembered. We do remember them. They gave their life, many of them, certainly gave their livelihood in service to this country, and we honor them. We remember them, and we thank them on this Veterans Day. Today in 1620, 41 pilgrims aboard the Mayflower, they were anchored off Massachusetts. They signed a compact, an agreement, calling for a body politic. We know it as the Mayflower Compact. They agreed to get along. They agreed to some basic rules that would govern the whole body. The body at that time was 41 pilgrims. Today in 1831, former slave Nat Turner, he led a slave uprising. He was executed in Jerusalem, Virginia. Interesting. Today in 1889, Washington State became the 42nd state. Today in 1909, construction began on Pearl Harbor Naval Base. Today in 1921, the remains of an unidentified American service member were interred in the tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. And today in 1987, following following the failure of two Supreme Court nominations, President Ronald Reagan announced his third choice, Judge Anthony Kennedy. He went on to win confirmation. One of those one of those nominees that did not make it, that was basically politically killed by the committee, was Robert Bork. The chair of the committee was a man named Joe Biden. Senator Joe Biden. NPR wrote about it a month or two later, reflecting on what had happened. NPR said at the time, or a couple of months later, they said in late 1987, Joe Biden was in the midst of two high-stake battles. This back in 1987. One for the Democratic presidential nomination, the other as chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, 
to try to stop President Reagan's nominee to the Supreme Court, Robert Bork. His fight for the presidential nomination would end abruptly, dealing Biden the biggest political setback up until that point. But Biden was successful in the other battle as he thwarted Bork's nomination to the high court. It was September 23rd, they write, a break in the Bork confirmation hearings that Biden held a press conference announcing his presidential campaign was over. Why? Because he had been charged, and the evidence was overwhelming, that he was guilty of plagiarism to a high degree. The speeches that he had been given, he was stealing from other people. They weren't his speeches, they were someone else's speeches. And no, that's not without evidence. The evidence was abundant. He got caught in the act. Those weren't his words, they were somebody else's words. I'm making a point of this because I'm going to come back to this a little later, and it's not back in 1987. It has to do with this week. But Bork was ultimately destroyed. In fact, the process that Joe Biden inflicted on this man, a, a fine judge, a brilliant man, a conservative, that was the problem. That process became known as borking or someone getting borked. I remember it well. I'd never seen anything like that in the government of the United States. I was on television in those days. I talked about it for several days. Everybody was talking about it. It's unbelievable. Biden said at the time, according to NPR, it seems to me I have no choice. I have to choose between running for the president and doing my job to keep the Supreme Court from moving in a direction that I believe to be very truly harmful. That direction then, and he would believe that now, is toward conservatism, constitutionalism. NBR said he had no choice. Even NPR, they knew he had no choice way back then. Moments into her statements to the press, Fox News pulled the plug on White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. They said, whoa, 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 I'm quoting them. I just think we need to be clear. She's charging the other side, meaning Joe Biden's side, that they're welcoming fraud and illegal voting. I want to be a little clearer this morning myself. I don't want to pull the plug, but I would really like to turn on the light. There's some things that we need to know about, we need to talk about, we need to be aware of. We don't need to become like the other side, as Biden refers to, and NPR, and Fox News now. But we do need to be informed and not misled. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things that are happening as we speak today in our culture this week and today. But Yahoo News, NBC's News, they, as you can imagine, jumped all over this. Fox News, the far-right, conservative, pro-Trump channel. They said even they don't believe President Trump. We live in some days when the water's been muddied in the spring, as they say. It's very, very hard to see what really is going on. And every day we try to address those issues on this program. We do it live, originating live, every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 
on ACN. And I, uh, day after day, I, I'm amazed at what I see. I've been a, an observer, never a politician, always in the ministry, ordained when I was a very young man. Been five or so years ago, maybe more than that. Um, it's been a long time ago. But I, I, I have never seen anything quite like this. I never thought I'd see some of the things we're seeing now in my lifetime. But we're there, and we need to talk about it. I want to thank all of you who support that mission. I believe God called me to do this. I do. I didn't plan to do anything on this scale, really, at all. I had retired, kind of, sort of, a while back. But I just feel that God has put this in my heart. And I, from the day one when we started on ACN, I mentioned that, you know, it's kind of up to you if you think that what we're doing is worthwhile and helpful, then I'll need your support. And if you'll support me, we'll keep doing it as long as you'll support me. And you have. And I want to thank you for that. We've expanded. We're talking to more people now than we ever have on the radio through other stations um, and on through the Internet, for sure. Uh, people dialing in on their phones or desktops, laptops, whatever. So I want to thank you for your support. It, it means more to me than I can even find the words to express. But I, each month I remind you that we need your help because there are so many voices that are crying out and asking for support, and many of them legitimate. Some are not, but most, many of them are in the Christian context. But I want to thank you for choosing to stand behind us because I believe what we're doing is unique. I'm told that it is by many. I believe that what we're doing is helping people because we hear from them that have been helped. And I want to thank you for your support. I want to ask you to stand with us this month. Last month, we asked you to help us uh, with a one-time expense that we had. You did. That was taken care of. I reminded you then, please don't forget us in the coming month of November. We're running a little behind just the first few days of this month. I'm not worried about it. I'm not pushing the alarm, but I'm just telling you we're running a little behind where we normally are. Our bills are not running behind. They're right on time as they always are. So please remember us, and thank you for continuing to stand with us. We need that. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go to faithandfreedom.us, and you can contribute online. Thank you so much. As I said, Yahoo News, NBC's news channel, they all jumped all over this. They were saying, even Fox, even Fox News. Don't believe President Trump. Fox's Neil Cavuto, he pulling the plug, he took her off the air. And he said, unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance. I don't know if he meant he's going to get a frown on his face. He never looks very happy anyway. And I know he has some medical issues. I'm aware of that. But he just never looks very happy. So maybe he meant to say the word countenance, but he could have meant in good conscience. I don't know, but I'm quoting him verbatim. He said, I can't in good uh, continence continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up, but there's an explosive charge to make here that the other side is effectively rigging and cheating. And he said, we can't have that. (laughs) 
Yet they can have far-left Donna Brazil, Juan Williams, and others sitting there on Fox panels daily advocating for Neil's other side. They've never been pulled off the air. They've never even been questioned. Sometimes one of the guests on the panels will disagree with them. But Donna Brazil is a train wreck. Why they have her on there, I don't know. But I want to be very clear this morning. I want to speak to the issues. You can agree or not. But if I, who write my column every day and do this live radio program every day with a very minimal staff, believe me, you would could not imagine how much we do with how few. But if we know that there's substantial evidence that these voter irregularities, as the press sometimes breaks down and says, if we know about it, surely Neil Cavuto with the legions of support staff at Fox News, they know about it as well. He knows full well that allowing the White House press secretary's press briefing to be carried on Fox News air does not equate to endorsing what she's saying. Everybody carries that, except Fox. They didn't. They pulled the plug. Thankfully, ACN, our home network here where we start out every morning, they did. They ran it. Some of you were asking. I was talking to Tom Reed about it. He said some of you were asking about it, and he, he ran it. Salem Broadcasting ran it. There's a growing awareness of why Christian radio or conservative Christian radio is more and more important. Radio is the oldest broadcast medium. I mean, it came long before there was television, and it seems to be the one left standing. The big TV guys seem to be drifting further and further to the left. There are a couple of channels that are not, OAN, Newsmax, and people are migrating to those. I'll come back to that in a moment. But Cavuto knew what he was doing. He knows better than that. There's a mounting, mounting amount of evidence that there has been all kinds of cheating and corruption and manipulation of this election. He simply didn't want her to say it. He didn't want the viewers to hear it. Cavuto, Chris Wallace, they're hanging out with Donna Brazile too much, the woman who was caught giving Hillary Clinton the questions that she would be asked during a presidential debate four years ago. Yeah, she did. She got caught red-handed and she admitted it. So they let her go from CNN. And who hired her? Fox News, of all people. It was an article published yesterday in the American Thinker. <laughs> I don't agree with much of what's in the American Thinker, to be honest with you, but they were talking about this Fox situation, and it's, they're changing their ways. They said under Roger Ailes, Fox News was reliably conservative. When he left, owner Rupert Murdoch handed it over to his sons, James and Lachlan. I've talked about that on this program. However, James, a far-left activist, and he is, he left Fox in July. Lachlan, who is married to a far-left activist, and he is, he took over. He's turned to former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan and a few others like him, put him on the board at Fox News. They're guiding him in how to, quote, reach the conservatives while not offending the liberals, the progressives. Impossible in today's world. You've got to be for or against things. We are a divided nation. 
this whole idea, this healing message, I talked about it yesterday, that Biden is putting out there, it's just a fraud. They're not trying to heal anything. They're blasting everybody that doesn't agree with them, much like Joe Biden was doing all those years ago in 1987 of Robert Bork. They're doing the same thing now. His surrogates are carrying this out on every level. This is not a time for healing. This is a time to get real and look at the facts. If this is a time for healing, then it's a time for Christians to say, well, okay, we won't oppose abortion anymore. Okay, we'll say that same sex can be married and it's just like man and woman being married. I mean, there's really no difference. They have a right to love whom they want. We have to accept all of that. And then supposedly there is no divide because we have all moved to the left, which is what they want us to do. That's the environment. That's the culture we live in. So we see this happening, and Fox is a microcosm of what's happening not only at Fox News, but across the nation in churches as well. And then to cap it off, Fox hired this Aaron uh, Mishkin, who is a far-left radical TV producer, to run their election desk on election night. And if you're still wondering why they called Arizona so soon, it's because of him. He made the decision. People reporting to him called the race in Arizona almost immediately for Biden, while hundreds of thousands of ballots were still out there. And to say that that doesn't repress or discourage, it does. And it has effects, and that's why they do that. Yet he refused to call states that were clearly breaking for Trump, like Texas, Alaska, several others. Then there was the episode of White House Secretary Kayleigh McEnany that I just mentioned. Then Monday, on Fox News, Sandra Smith, she was unaware that she was still on camera. It was, it was a split screen. She threw a little fit in front of everybody. She thought it was just the crew, but it was the viewing audience. She was just carrying on on this split screen. She didn't know she was on, of course. Oh, boy. She grimaced. She threw her head around. Then she announced to someone off camera, it was one of the crew, probably a floor director, I would imagine they're usually close to the camera that you're looking at, in the studio, she was talking about how enlightened she is and how ill-informed and uneducated the people are that believe in Trump, and they believe that he should call uh, call for the voter issues to be resolved. She said, what? What? What is happening? And then Trace, this reporter, the guy with the gray hair, you've probably seen him on there. He's really a good guy. I, I think he's kind of conservative. I don't know. But anyway, she's looking at him, who is giving a report, and she says, she said, we've called it. We've called it. And she said, what are, what's happening? Why are they saying this? I mean, it's embarrassing. Even if you are happy, it was public. And I am. Because people need to see this with their own eyes, and many did. Viewers are not happy, myself included. When Brett Baer tweeted an innocuous little invitation that people join he and Martha McClellan on Saturday night for the news after this event had happened, Almost 30,000 people exploded in rage on Twitter. Less than 1,000 liked what he said on social media. Almost 30,000 blew up. The real voter response has been documented since then. It's in the ratings. Fox News was first among all channels. They had about 19 million viewers on election night. Then Revenge (laughs) visited them. 
On November 6th, Fox had 2.2 million viewers, 2,266,000 viewers. CNN, who has been way behind Fox, saw nearly twice that many. They had 4,009,000. MSNBC, according to Fox's internal numbers themselves, they counted 2,983,000 viewers. They beat formerly number one Fox by over 700,000 viewers. People are saying, mm, I don't think so. If it were not for Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Greg Gutfield, he's highly rated, and maybe Laura Ingram, although, well, anyway, we'll say maybe or Laura Ingram, Fox numbers would have been substantially lower than that. I mean, it was worse than it even appears. Gradually, as I said, Fox viewers are finding OAN News, news uh, Network, Newsmax, and others who are consistently conservative in their reporting. Not biased, not misleading, just consistent in where they're coming from because they have a worldview that believes, embraces the idea that there are absolute truths. Like lying is wrong if you do it blatantly and knowingly. If you're wrong on information, that's one thing. That's different. Yesterday, the Epoch Times... (laughs) They, they published the most comprehensive visual overview of the voting integrity and the irregularity issues that I've seen. That was as of last night. I put that in an article that I wrote today. It's on faithandfreedom.us, our website. If you go to that, be sure it's .us because .com or .whatever will take you many other places. There are a lot of faith and freedoms out there now. There weren't when we adopted that name a number of years ago when I first started writing the column that I publish every day, but there are now. And you can go to a Muslim website through Faith and Freedom. You can go to a lot of places. So be sure you get faithandfreedom.us. I put on there their article as of last night what's happening in regards to the resistance. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, they're all being challenged by the Trump campaign. The news comes on every night. I saw it last night myself. I'm sure you did, too, if you watched it. Hopefully, we're watching less of it. But I see them come on, and they say, there is no evidence. No. And there's snarly little faces. of Sometimes they're, you know, just starting out in journalism. Sometimes they've been around a while. All in the local markets are saying there is no evidence. Well, that's a lie. And I don't know if they know it, the people reading it on the air, but whoever wrote the script they're reading, they certainly know it. As I said, if I know it, they know it because they have a lot of resources we don't have. As I noted, the count in Arizona continues in Trump's favor. Yet last night, he was within 1% of the vote count. Well, according to the governor, last night, there's about He doesn't know for sure, but about 75,000 votes left to count, and they're trending toward Trump, not toward Biden. But let me give you a a snapshot, just a wider view of the deception in our culture. Exposed, believe it or not, by the New York Times yesterday. Yeah, they actually, they must have slipped a cog because they don't normally publish anything like this, but they did. John Meacham. His name may sound familiar. He's a presidential historian, biographer, been highly successful. He's written a number of books. I have a couple of them in my library, history-type books. He's usually been pretty straight up on his history. I mean, he hasn't buried. He's an excellent writer, best-selling author, as I said, John Meacham. Well, (laughs) 
In his address claiming the presidency before a single state had been certified, Joe Biden delivered a message from Wilmington, Delaware, Saturday night. Remember that? You may have seen it or you might have heard about it or saw clips of it, whatever. But he was outlining his mission to rebuild the soul of America. Keep in mind, Joe Biden has not been certified by a single state. He has not won any electoral votes. It's only the press that has predicted that. And on that basis, on the basis of the press prediction, he is now assuming the role of president-elect and at times president itself. That is a fraud of ultimate proportion, but the press will not report on it. Anyway, Biden, or Meacham, had written this best-selling book. It's titled The Soul of America, The Battle for Our Better Angels. Biden, who has read the book, as I have, he reached out to Meacham, who is also a speechwriter. Biden engaged, hired Meacham to help develop a concept around that theme and write speeches for him. So far, so good. That's better than Joe Biden being forced to drop out of the presidential race back in the 80s because he was plagiarizing other people's speeches. At least he's paying for them now and he's buying them. All politicians have speechwriters. Not, that's not a big deal. However, while Meacham has been writing speeches for Biden, he's also been working for MSNBC as an on-air contributor and analyst regarding Biden in the elections. Saturday night, while Biden was reading that speech from Wilmington, Delaware, if you saw any part of it, Meacham had written that speech. While he was doing, while Biden was doing his speech, reading it on air, Meacham was live on MSNBC giving commentary on how great and insightful and timely Joe Biden's words were. Honest. That was Saturday night. Brian Williams, who is removed as NBC's main news anchor, uh, he assigned to the news cable channel when he got caught. Well, I'll come back to that in a moment, a few years ago. He turned to Meacham while they were on the air, and Meacham was, was talking about, and I kind of like this guy's writing, but i I got to be honest with you. Well, he's talking about how, you know, just marvelous these words are and how Biden is understands the concepts of the saving the soul of America and everything. Brian Williams turns to him on the air on NBC's main Main, he used to be na- their main news anchor. He turns to him and he says to Meacham, he says, I'm not the historian that you are. I don't have the Pulitzer that you do. But do you concur that this is the way we are used to hearing from presidents? Absolutely, Meacham said. He never disclosed that he had written a speech. He was lying by omission to MSNBC, to the public, and to Brian Williams. Brian Williams, who was removed as first chair guy, the NBC News Guide, to the cable channel a few years ago for, well, you guessed it, lying on the air. He was telling lies, and they had to demote him. They didn't want to fire him. NBC immediately removed Meacham. They said he will not be appearing on our air anymore after that because the public caught on. My guess, he'll be back soon. You know, they should read Leviticus 19.11. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow because that's the culture we live in, and we always look at it from a biblical worldview. Again, thank you so much for being with me. 
Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. And we'll take a look tomorrow at what happens overnight. I'll see you right here tomorrow.